0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to After the Sermon Ends. After the Sermon Ends, the conversations can begin. I am your temporary host, Matthew, and with me is Marcus Donaldson. And uh, our special guest, first time occurrence, I got her on. Uh, Josh did not, but my sister, <laughs> Anna, <laughs> Anna,
1: uh, Anna Minor.
2: How are you guys doing today? I can't complain.
1: Good. It's kind of cold, um, but... It's good. It's better than, like, last night it was freezing.
2: Now, I don't know if you noticed this, but he kind of, like, balked at your name. He was like, did you forget your sister's name?
1: No, he didn't know whether to say Anna or Anna Jane. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) It's the confusion.
0: It's the confusion of I call her one thing and everyone here calls her a different name.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So Anna, Anna Jane. It was the
0: same in school, though, because everyone was like, Oh, you're the brother of Anna Jane, right? It's like who? Yeah, well, it was in like college
1: and stuff, like even in high school. That's I don't know. I was Anna in my early years, you know. Uh, okay. And whatever you remember, Matthew. Today it was Anna. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to be talking about uh, the sermon from Sunday, uh, Romans nine fourteen to through eighteen. Um, it contains one of my favorite verses, as I was just telling you, but Mm -hmm. we'll tackle this one verse at a time. Um, Starting up top with, uh, what shall we say then? Is is there uh, unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. I think Paul very easily answers
2: that question right there. Yes. Um, You know, at the beginning of verse 14, that question, it's flowing from what he just said in uh, the preceding passage, 6 through 13, where he very clearly says that the the promises of God or the Word of God has not failed. Not all who descended from Israel belong to Israel. Um, and so he goes on to show in 6 through 13 that God has always chosen um, people to be... Uh, the heirs of the promise or children of the promise, like he says in the passage, uh, which certainly included not just, um, you know, the messianic line, but, you know, these were salvific promises. Um, these were covenantal promises that he didn't, uh, give or bestow upon all people, but, uh, Isaac over Ishmael, or Abraham's six other sons with Keturah, um, and then Jacob over Esau, uh, who were both born from the same mother and father at the same time. Um, Esau a little bit ahead of Jacob, but they were twins. So uh, God has always made a choice, and His choice is not based on any external factors. He told Moses all the way in Exodus 3, I am who I am, right? I'm not who you want me to be. I'm not who you think that I am. I am who I am. I'm self-existent, totally independent from you or anybody else. Um, and so I'm God, and you're, you are not, essentially. Yeah. Um, so here in 14 through 18, it it's addressing a, a false conclusion that may arise, and maybe Paul dealt with this in his ministry, um, but he's certainly getting ahead of his readers so that they don't conclude that there's... Any unrighteousness or injustice on God's part, God is perfectly holy, righteous, and just in doing so, because He is God and we are not. Um, and so He He goes on to explain that a little more in depth. And yeah, to your point, He does completely reject that, em- emphatically reject that with that phrase, "May um, Genomai." Uh, By no means, in English, what does it say in your translation? Absolutely not, or something like that. Certainly, certainly not. not. Yeah, yeah. So, like that was the strongest way uh, in in the Greek language to reject something. No, no, no. A thousand times no. Perish the thought, um, or forget about it. I did the Italian hand <laughs> on Sunday.
0: <laughs> well, it's like, and it, what I love about a lot of Romans nine here, Romans nine here, is that the words that he's using are so like in a, so direct. Yeah. So, like, when he uses anathema earlier in this yeah. uh, in this chapter, it's like being so to the point. Yep. Unlike our wishy washy words today. Yes. As we were talking about, where literal can mean metaphorically literally. <laughs> um. These words meant very precisely. Like yes. Under no circumstances ever. Right. <laughs> Anna, do you have any thoughts on this first verse?
1: I agree with you that like. Um like Paul writing here is is very specific about what he is saying and that we are um that we are to abide by what God says. We are to abide in what he in what he has and that we don't we question it but we don't question it if that makes sense. Like we have questions, but we don't question his his story mm-hmm, and that ex- and as Marcus said, like that exists outside of us like his his What's it called his um God's plan exists outside of us, yes, yes. yeah, exactly that's sorry <laughs> no you're talking there is um he does not depend on us like. He gives us things, and, and his, his will will come to completion without us or with us, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not us that he's dependent on.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those that this comes to part of what I think is the heart of this, pa- uh, of this section is very much talking about, like, the authority that God has. Yep. And I think that's a continuance from the previous section, and possibly even just like this whole chapter
2: it it is I mean it all flows from one through five, yeah um and then into six thirteen and then into fourteen through eighteen, and it just continues to flow all the way to the end of chapter eleven, and even if
0: we look back at like Romans eight, where we're talking about like such a great thing that is there is no condemnation, mm-hmm. this chapter is very much establishing. Why God had the authority to say there is no condensation. right? No, no, no condensation. No yes, condensation. condensation yeah,
1: <laughs> we need that Matthew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, uh, to move on to verse fifteen. For he says, uh, for he said to Moses, "I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion."
2: Um, now, does your translation say? Uh, does it say "says" or "said"?
0: And he sa- uh, he says.
2: Yeah, okay. Moses. Mine is in the present tense, too, and in the in the Greek, it's in the, the present as well, which is, you know, it reads weird in the English. You're like, mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait. He says to Moses? And I think what we see here in, in 15 is that four indicates that it, this is an explanation, right? He just answered, you know, this, this question that he raised, um, you know, with by no means. Then he goes on to give us an explanation for, hey, here's the example and the explanation here, but that word says being in the present tense, what, what that indicates, um, or should indicate to us is that this is an enduring principle. Mm-hmm. What he said 3,400 years ago is to Mo- or years ago mm-hmm. to Moses. He's still saying today, right? God doesn't change.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and so this example with Moses, sorry, I, did you read the whole thing?
0: I read the whole of, of 15.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, what he says to Moses is still true today, and he's still saying uh, through his word. And so that uh, that mercy and that compassion, one thing, uh, or I guess a few things to note as we're discussing it, I will, God will, right? Uh, he'll have mercy on whom? That's an individual term. Mm-hmm. And we set up there in, um, in really 11 through... Uh, no, 11 through 13, 11 through 13, uh, that those were individuals. Some think that they refers to nations, Jacob and Esau, um, the nation of Israel and the nation of Edom. Um, But what I argued there is that Paul is referring to them individually, which is why he mentions uh, that God chose Jacob over Esau before they were born, before they hadn't done anything good or bad. Obviously, this couldn't be talking about nations. And then why all of a sudden would uh, Paul switch in 13 to talking about nations, and I think that's proven here with that word. Well, we have evidence that that's a correct interpretation here with that singular term, whom, right? God chooses individuals. Certainly, he chose the nation of Israel to be his instrument, um, but within Israel, there was still uh, true spiritual Israel, and that's what he was referring to all the way uh, in verse... Six, yeah, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. So if he chose the entire nation, um, we'd be off base. Anyways, sidebar.
0: Yeah. Um, it's one of those that with this with this verse, it very much, like you can see it throughout all biblical history. You can look back at Abraham. He picks Abraham instead of Lot. And he even has mercy on Lot when he goes and dwells in um Sodom and Gomorrah. And then he attempts to have mercy on Lot's wife until she disobeys him. And then he serves her instead justice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We can see this throughout the whole Old Testament where examples of where he has mercy and compassion and moments where he doesn't. Uh, We can see that in, uh, uh, in where this is quoted from with Moses when he's talking about Pharaoh. Or we can just look at the nation of Israel where... On several times, Moses is given the opportunity by God, give me the word and I will destroy this whole nation, raise yep. up a new one out of you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like the Lord saying, I will have mercy on them if you want me to have mercy on them.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in that in that exchange, right, he's um, quoting Exodus 33, 19. And in there, when, when God says that, this is right on the back of uh, what we see in 32, where you know Moses comes down from receiving the law. He, he comes down and Aaron, his brother, the high priest. He, he's leading the people and uh, the impatient people. They, they wanted to worship, and he instructs them to melt down their gold and everything else and form it into a calf as if that represented the true God. Um, so there, you know, he comes down off this mountain. Moses does, and the people are worshiping the golden calf, All right? So God, he commands, uh, he commands the people. To kill uh, 3,000 men. And so God could have... He would have been entirely just and righteous in judging the entire nation, right? Just executing them all, done, restart. No, but He, he uh, commands them to kill 3,000. Um, and this was... It, it was mercy. It, it yeah. was compassionate. They were um, an example to the others, to not do something like this again. And we know that they failed at that by and large. Um, That should have been a 15 day journey. It took 40 years. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, what you, as hard as that is to swallow, right. As hard as that is like, what killed 3000 people. Like, let's not forget that he flooded the entire earth because Mm -hmm. mankind was so wicked. Um, He had mercy on Noah and his family. Um, so anyways, 3,000 uh, dead, uh, they were an example, and he preserved in that his witness nation. So this is what this is flowing on the back of, and Moses, he intercedes for the people, he appeals for the people, because he, he's worried that God would um, remove his presence and his leadership from, uh, from the people into the Promised Land. And so you know god he he tells him this uh, right the the immediate context exodus 3318 god or moses is like god show me your glory right and he's like i'll i'll show you my name you know and and so he he tells him he's going to pass by him he can't see him and all this stuff but he he says this here so this um, i will have mercy on whom i have mercy and i will have compassion on whom i have compassion is directly related to his name yahweh it's directly related to his the the glory uh that in that context, um, he's about to show Moses. So, you know, it, it's not something that that God has to make up or that God, uh, you know, has to learn or figure out or is dependent again on anybody else. It is entirely from Him um, because He is uh, completely independent and free from any external factors.
1: Yeah.
0: Anna do you have any insight on this one?
1: Well no I have a I have more of a question Let's like do it. how do it. did they choose which 3000? Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> was I it I think it was, they drew lots? No. Uh he gave them instructions. I'm pulling it up. Exodus 32
1: 28 is where I want to go.
2: All right, verse 27, and he said to them, thus says the Lord your God of Israel, put your sword on your side each of you and go to and fro from the gate or from gate to gate throughout the camp and each of you kill his brother and his companion and his neighbor. And this the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and that day about 3000 men of the people fell.
1: And that's three thousand men. did that include the spouses? <laughs> probably
2: uh, not. i'm I'm not sure.
1: That that's an interesting. I know because like in the Bible it talks about like feeding the five thousand. Yeah. Like it only included right. the men. Right. It didn't include women, children, and everybody else. So, so I think that's an interesting tangent. Because yeah. <laughs> that was my question yesterday. I was like, I don't know why. So it's whether or not uh, they went Anakin Skywalker on them or not. <laughs> exactly, killing all the children. <laughs> yeah. Not one was left. Well, and apparently we, there was some left though, since they continued.
2: And we, yeah, for, that's a good point. But we we do see that elsewhere. You know, where yeah. God's like, no. Kill them all, and again, you know, in our in the 21st century, we're like, how could a good, holy, righteous, and just and loving God do that?
1: Because we harp on the fact of loving, right? Not just right. Yeah. because right. justice comes with comes with mercy. But hey, man, <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that's the part that like I struggled with the most when um, growing up is like. My friends were like, all these things would happen. Like, I'd have Mormon friends that would tell me about the bad things, and then they tell me about these hundred different things that they had or Catholic friends or whatever that they were trying to pray to, they were trying to work toward. And it's like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why why would God do this? But also, why would he make you do all these things on top of it? And it's like, oh, you don't, which is... um, which I guess transitions back to like you saying yesterday where it was like it referring to God's mercy mm-hmm. it's like received solely by grace it's yeah. not a work yeah no and that's 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 how justice can make a i guess a little more sense is like we don't work for any of that so god can do what he wants yeah the justice is already justified yep. because of who he is yep and and we have no place in that yes we have to we are we use that grace as an extension to do good works, mm-hmm. but we don't do good works for that extension of grace. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, mercy and compassion. I mean, <laughs> yeah.
2: so those terms are are synonymous generally, right? They're mostly synonymous. Mercy has to do uh, with the action, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, Compassion has to do with the attitude behind the action, the disposition behind it. Um, so, you know, that's just a, a side note. But again, you know, we, to Anna's point, we don't want justice, right? Yeah. Because none of us, no human being that's ever existed deserves God's mercy,
0: Yeah.
2: right? We're not owed it by God. What we are owed is God's justice, and because we've uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, justice would be eternal condemnation. Yeah. So unless by His mercy and compassion, He would uh, somehow forgive us of our sin, and we obviously know that's through Jesus' death and resurrection, right? He died in our place, He paid the penalty that we owed. Um, without that, without God's provision, without His grace and His mercy and compassion, um, then we would get nothing but God's justice. Yeah. Um, And that is a very scary thought.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of our perspective on God has been changed by the world we live in. Yes. Because if we lived several hundred years ago with constant absolute monarchies, we wouldn't have any issue understanding what what God is. Yep. Because God is the true high king. Yes. He is the, the absolute authority. Yep it's there's the reason why all absolute monarchies received their power from heaven. Yeah. And they used the the mandate of heaven for, for that purpose. Right. It, so
2: sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I go. would just say I would agree that a lot of our interpretation and our concept of God is culturally conditioned. Yeah. We're in a democratic society where you elect your leaders and your leader your leaders don't have this like un uh undeterred uh ability to exercise their power. And so when we think of God like the president, we are far off. Very far off.
0: Because, like, when we read this, we read it as, oh, this loving God has mercy and compassion. Yeah. Instead, we, we honestly need to read it as the high king of heaven is, ha- is looking down on his creatures and being merciful. Yeah. When he should be taking the rod and destroying it. Yeah. And it's one of those that if we look out through the whole Old Testament and New Testament, we see constant examples of when God is having mercy. When he could choose not to.
2: Yeah, I mean, this context alone, yeah. he could have, he should have, it, it, like, if we're talking about justice, he should have killed the entire camp,
0: yeah. right? He should the have entire nation. the whole yeah. nation using yep. Moses
2: yep. as he offered. Yep. And even that would still be mercy and compassion yeah. and not, well, yeah, Moses didn't worship the golden calf. So yeah, he'd be the only one.
0: At the same time, it would be mercy on that their genetic lineage would continue. Yes. The promise would still be fulfilled even if the whole nation died besides Moses. Right because the Lord keeps all his promises. He promised he would raise a nation out of Abraham. Mm-hmm. He didn't say that there would be many He didn't say there would be many immediate descendants right, after right, that right.
2: point. Right, yeah. And, well, then, and that was the argument, right, in 6 through 13. It wasn't all of Abraham's descendants. Yeah. It was through this one, Isaac, the, the child of promise. And then even in Isaac's descendants, one generation later, it wasn't both. Yeah. It was one. Um and I think you what you can see when you follow that uh that line is yeah, there are a ton of descendants. And and they're not like I'm not saying that Ishmael is the worst person that ever lived. I'm not saying Esau's the worst person that ever lived. They both of them, both um Isaac and Ishmael were sinners. Both um Jacob and Esau were sinners, but God chose one over the other. Yeah. In in both of those. And you I think you could trace that all the way through.
0: Yeah. And like just a Quick example I thought of, when David has his uh, child with Bathsheba, the first one, Mm -hmm. the Lord and judges the child on behalf of David. Yeah. And David, praying constantly, receives the answer he did not want to receive. Right. But when he received that answer, he got up and washed himself and became clothed, knowing that God's justice was justified. Right. And understanding that he would still have mercy on him. Yep. And David's called a man after God's own
2: heart. And Moses, a a friend of God who talked face to face, like a man talks to his friend.
0: Yeah. Anything else on verse 15? Okay. Verse 16. So then it is not of him who wills, nor him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. Um. What do, you, what do you got on that one? What is
2: it? What is it? And Anna mentioned it earlier. It's God's bestowal of mercy. So then, God's bestowal of mercy depends not on human will or exertion or running in your translation, um, but it, on God who has mercy, right? It, yep. it is your, uh, God's bestowing mercy on you is not dependent on human will or your zealous spiritual effort. Like, Praise God uh, for those who are uh, zealous in their uh, spiritual efforts and disciplines and everything else. Praise God for those who have a great desire to know Him in spirit and in truth. Um, but those those things, both of those things, our will and our spiritual efforts, our exertion, are not the foundation or the initiation of God's bestowal of mercy. Right? Because that would be an external uh, influence. Right, If God was waiting for us to initiate this saving relationship, uh, the bestowal of His mercy, then it would be a due. He would owe us that. Right, If we appeal to God and God grants it, he, that would be dependent, one, on us, and two, it would be something that He owes. Um, but if it depends entirely on Him, then I think that's the most natural way to read this, uh, this verse right here.
0: It reminds me a lot of the medieval concept called boons.
2: Boons. <coughs> yeah. Explain it.
0: So boons were, they were a gift given by the king or a lord to a person that was not exactly deserving of it. But instead, so someone, say it was during a feast. So if you look at an example of uh, in King Arthur's court, in the um, King Arthur and his knights, the, the book, you can look at during like a feast of Pentecost, King Arthur would grant boons to these lowly peasants. Some of which was like, grant my son a knighthood. It's like, that son has done nothing to deserve this knighthood at this point. But King Arthur's like, it is my custom and it is my law. So I will grant that boon. And it's one of those that, again, if we grew up in that culture, we would immediately understand this concept of, there's nothing we did mm-hmm. to deserve this. Yeah. But instead, the king has given us this boon.
2: Yeah. What about a little lord? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anna, you, you got anything? <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't follow that up. <laughs> I know, right? Like
1: that's just an uh, interesting <clears throat> the concept that popped in my head and it's not it's like the opposite, okay? But I think of um I think of like this this American you have to work for what you have kind Ooh. of thing. And it, it goes into boss babe culture. I don't know if you've ever heard of boss babe culture. Uh, uh. Pull
0: yourself up by your bootstraps.
1: It, exactly. It's like you have to, it's what the MLMs end up doing, the multi-level marketing schemes. Oh, the wow. pyramid schemes. Pyramid wow. schemes, basically. Wow, okay. But like you they they push this boss babe culture of you have to, you have to go in the grind, you have to continue to work, you have to continue to do. And then eventually one day you will be at the top. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that you never make it to the top yeah. because it's always based on everyone below you. Yeah. And for God, it's like, it's not that way. He always exists on top. He's yep. not, you know, working his way up, clawing past everybody because he's already there. Mm-hmm. We might try and do that in order to gain what we think is favor with God, but it's actually like almost like a disgrace yeah. because he, he's like, you don't trust my mercy enough. You don't trust my grace enough. Well said. Because <laughs> I struggle with that concept so much because it's like I always want to do, I always want to go, and I always feel like when I'm so tired and I'm so exhausted and I can't, that that's, that is failing God in some mm-hmm. ways. And it's, it's not because it's not... His work will be fulfilled regardless. So if, if he is telling me to, to rest then I need to listen to what he's saying because otherwise it's almost like I'm saying, no, you don't know better. Yeah. I know better because I'm Anna and I know me. Yeah. No, God's like, no, Anna, I made you yeah. and I know you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this thing. So when we look at all this, it's like from our, our perspective, whether that's an American perspective or a hardworking perspective of where we are, it's like we We almost don't trust God Mm. because of that. So, so in this, it's it's like it's a it's a great reminder of like it doesn't depend on on our exertion. It doesn't depend on our running. It doesn't Mm -hmm. depend on us. It it depends on what God has for us. And that's just one verse out of all of this that's compounding to form that.
2: Yeah. Um, Let me say something about human will here. So. Earlier in Romans 3, um, Romans 3, 10 10 through 12, and then verse 18, but really that entire section, but I, you know, I think if we read the entire thing, it would just drive home the point, uh, and people would get lost. Anyways, I'll just go ahead and read it. "'None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside together, they have become worthless. Uh, No one does good, not even one.' There is no fear of God before their eyes, verse 18 says, right? So there we see a a good depiction of the human will in its fallen state, right? Apart from God's merciful intervention, the the heart um, is darkened and and the mind is defiled. We covered that Romans 1, 18 through 32. We see it elsewhere in Scripture. Um, And the will is a byproduct, right? If you're thinking about a train... The, the will is the caboose of the heart and the mind. Um, so whatever the, the heart and mind desire, the will is going to desire and choose. It's never going to choose or desire contrary to what the heart and the mind already desire, yeah. because it's the caboose, it's the end, it's the byproduct. Um, so w- when we see human will here, we should be like, yeah, of course, Paul, it doesn't depend on human will, because our heart and our minds are darkened and defiled um so of course our will is not going to desire uh to receive God's mercy unless God mercifully intervenes um and initiates this this desire and another side note we wouldn't we wouldn't know this from our experience from our experience all of a sudden one day like we heard the gospel preached, we were convicted, we turned from our sin and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. We were saved, right? And maybe it it's like it wasn't in a church service, maybe it was days later, maybe you know, whatever the case may be. But before that, right, we we're just going along with the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, you know, just like Ephesians 2 describes. Um, so if we didn't see how the sausage was made in Scripture, if we didn't see <laughs> passages like this in Scripture um, where it's it's really describing the inner workings, we would think that, yeah, we initiated this. One day we came to our senses and we were like, I desire to be saved. Yes, that looks true from our perspective. And it certainly is true from our perspective. But But Scripture, God's Word, reveals to us that uh, that he chose us in eternity past um and that at some point in history right that his uh predetermined will it it intersects with our lives and and we receive that mercy um he intervenes he convicts through the holy spirit convicts us of sin the, of judgment and his righteousness um draws us to himself to salvation and ultimately saves us so um, i would i would just add that to the, the concept of will here. We wouldn't, we wouldn't see that from our experience, but we see that in Scripture. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't eliminate what we experience from our perspective, but that does or should indicate to us that, that we're as bad as the Bible says that we are.
0: Yeah. And I think if we really start looking at our culture, like with the example I used of um, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. MLM.
0: Like, so th- the, the, the phrase, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, it's an old mining term. Yeah. That it's like the history of this term is dark because it's what they told to the miners that weren't getting out <laughs> because you can't. You, it's a physical impossibility right. to pull yourself right. up by your bootstraps. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of our current culture is so contrary to like all these concepts of God. Like, people that continue to say that the U.S. isn't a Christian nation. Which Wait,
2: it's not. Not in the slightest. <laughs> Ever since we stopped letting the Bible be taught in schools and stopped praying in the morning and saying the Pledge of Allegiance, all right? That's when. That was when.
0: Well, like, um, I had a conversation with Nathaniel on this topic, and if you want a funny, like, 20-minute conversation, go ask Nathaniel about timeshares.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh God. Oh, I imagine he Just teed, that teed off
0: on that. That is also considered so, a melon. <laughs> Yeah, but the, we were talking about how there's no, uh, another phrase, there's no free lunches. It's like, what? you can, there's no free vacations to these five-star resorts because they're going to try to sell you this timeshare mm-hmm. for all your time. And you have to sit there, here.
1: and then you might actually miss the opportunity that they told you was for free. Yeah. And it's
0: one of those that, like, our culture today is built off of, uh, the, uh, so against the concept of like, they see it as handouts, not generous gifts. Mm-hmm. Again, if we look back at the king example, no man looked at the king and said, I reject you giving me anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, this is your sovereign like, no, giving I you it. this thing. Yeah. It's like, this is a gift from the guy that is the is over all of it. And we just no longer see that. We see instead bitterness and in all yeah. these things.
2: Yeah. Um one last thing, and I shared this Sunday, but Acts 16, uh, 14 and 15, it really it's um, an entire section, but I drew from there. But I, I like, you know, stories and illustrations are great, they're helpful, they have a place, but I specifically um, enjoy those from Scripture. And I think Lydia is a great example of that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Paul, um, Luke, and his traveling companions, right? They, Acts 16 is the first time we see we. Luke starts using that plural term um, instead of writing it from the third person. Um, So anyways, that's an interesting note. Um, So go mark your Bibles, Acts 16, where you see we. But anyways, Paul travels there. He's talking to a group of women, a group of women. And one in that group, Lydia, the seller of purple goods from Thyatira, um, she, God opens her heart, Uh, Acts 16, 14, the first uh, second part says, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what Paul said, uh, what was said by Paul, excuse me, and after she was baptized. What that implies there is conversion. So out of all these women that they're talking to, multiple in view here, God opened Lydia's heart mm-hmm. to pay attention to the words that Paul sa- w- was said, was said by Paul. Uh, and after she was baptized, she was converted, right? She turned from her sin and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ after uh, the Lord opened her heart. We don't see that with all the other women there. Um, so again, if we didn't know how the sausage was, was made, we'd say, oh, well, Lydia must have come to her senses. Mm-hmm. You know, she humbled herself. It, like, well, the Bible tells us different. God and, opened her heart. And
0: a, another Old Testament example, Esther. Mm-hmm. Esther, like, if you read Esther purely just by its own merit, you it very much puts Mordecai as the one that convinces Esther. Yeah even though it is that God was still with this people. Right. And even if we take a big step back, these are the remnant, the one that Israel said would never have God again. Yeah. But instead, God had mercy on this remnant still and choose to protect them in this moment because he could have easily allowed the king of Persia to wipe out all of them, maybe yep. staving Esther and Mordecai. Instead, he allowed them this, op- this reprieve because mm-hmm. it's like, you didn't follow what I said, but I will still have mercy on you. Mm-hmm. And that's just so human in it. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else on, um, what was that, Seven, 16? 16. That was 16, yep. yep. So on to 17. For the scripture says to the Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Again, we're tapping into those same... Things throughout this whole section, which is that the Lord is the high King of heaven.
2: Yep. The uh, previous example, uh, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion, that was the positive side, right? The negative side in in this second example um, or explanation, it explains the negative side, right? What Paul's words indicate here and what this, uh, from the Story in Exodus. What this, when God says this to Pharaoh, what we see here is that, and what we learn is that God raised Pharaoh up for judgment. Right, like he, he, God raised him up. I, that's God, have raised you, that's Pharaoh, up that I might show my power in you. Why? Because Pharaoh continually refused to let the people of Israel go or the Hebrews go, and so, what what ended up happening? Well. A ton of miracles that culminated with the parting of the Red Sea, which did not swallow up the Hebrews, but did swallow up Pharaoh and his entire army. Yeah,
0: and I've talked about this a few times at Prayer Night, answering this specific question: Why do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. And the simplest and most honest answer is for God's will. Mm-hmm. God has has a purpose in all things. Yep. So why does this person have cancer? That's a that's a good Christian. Because God has God has determined that more people will be saved via that action than Him get allowing you a perfect life.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think, um, and I say this to the kids that I coach all the time: um, we play to win, yeah. but we learn from defeat. Yeah, right. Like sometimes it's. If, you're, if you win all the time, if you're successful in what you do all the time, it's really hard to learn when you're always successful. Some people do that well, but not most people. The most people, when they fail, they're like, why did I fail? What happened? Or how do I make sure that that doesn't happen again? Um, so to your point about cancer, if it was all um, sunshine and rainbows, gumdrops, and lollipops, at least let me speak for myself, I wouldn't learn very much. I wouldn't yeah. grow in my knowledge and love for the Lord. I wouldn't grow in my dependence on Him um, and my trust for Him. But the, the more I, I walk with the Lord, the, the less I depend on myself, the, the less I uh, depend on my abilities, my intellect, my um, persuasive powers, which are very limited already. <laughs> but, you know, it's like just rejoicing the truth, trusting God, and whatever comes will, I'm looking for heaven, Forget this life, uh, you know. I'm going to do um, everything that the Lord uh, to the best of my ability. Do everything that the Lord has commanded me to do here on this side of heaven. But I'm looking forward, um, yeah, to glory.
0: As Paul, uh, not Paul, as Peter put it in First Peter, we are sojourners in a strange land. Yeah, like this is not our home. Yeah, and so many people, I think honestly, see this as the only world. Yeah, when really we should be seeing this as the pale reflection of what is to come. Right.
1: It's the YOLO mentality. Right. You only live once. But for some of those people it's like it is true that they, they will only live once because they they will die. Mm. And they won't like for us it's like I think 116 the um the rap group 116 <laughs>
2: Oh, I was like, Romans
1: 116? I mean, oh, yes, based yeah. on that. But yes. Gotcha. Um, but 116 has a, uh, you only live once, but you die twice. Mm-hmm. Because we have to die to ourselves um, in order for that to continue. Um, when we, for me, like looking at this, if if you were to read the scripture out of context, um, you would be like, oh, cool, like Pharaoh was raised up. Oh, that's great. But then you think back to Rugrats when you were a kid (laughs) who actually did tell this story of Pharaoh. And um, once Pharaoh got uh, collapsed in the water, you didn't see him again. The assumption was that he died. And it was like, didn't he die? It's like, yeah, he did. And he died because um, like what you were talking about yesterday, Marcus, Pharaoh hardened his heart first. And no then,
2: god oh, <laughs> hardened yes. Pharaoh's heart. Sorry. Sorry.
1: God, uh, god uh hardened Pharaoh's heart. But Pharaoh because Pharaoh's actions weren't toward God. Yeah. They weren't they weren't being affected they're being affected negatively. He yeah. he continued to be bitter about what was happening yeah. even though he was king and he had a son and yeah. and everything was going great and he thought it was fantastic. He didn't want God's will to happen. Yeah. So he tried to stop it. Yeah. And he was unsuccessful because, again, sometimes there are baskets laid down with babies in them yep. that are saved by the right people at the right yep. time Yep. Um, in the story of Moses. And um, regardless of all of that, like, God's will will be done mm-hmm. in this. And that's, that's something, that's a concept we keep talking about, um, is that God's will will happen regardless of us. Because when we think in our man-made minds, like, this is how the plan's going to go, um, like when, when your sons play football or, or baseball or whatever, it's like, this is how we think we're going to win. And then we don't, yep. it's cause there was something, there was something we were missing. There was knowledge we were missing. Um, and in our fallen world, like people that don't know Christ think that the fallen world exists and it, and it will just exist mm-hmm. the way it is. And when, when you become a Christian and you read the scripture and you see what can be different, you're like, oh, there's so much more that we have. There's so much more that is here. So all of this to go back to the point of, yes, this is not our home. <laughs> this is not our, our ultimate home. We have a place that is better, and we can't just look to heaven and be like, well, uh, like, this place doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it does. Right. Because we are called. We are called to to continue to proclaim what he has. Yeah. That's what First Peter says, yeah. is it, we are to proclaim the excellencies of him who yeah, has brought us out of the go. darkness yeah. and into his marvelous light. Like we were saved with a purpose, right. not for our own pleasure, but for, but for God's goodness and mercy to continue on. Um, and that his name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So, I mean, that goes along with, the passage of scripture we're talking about right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, the pharaoh became an, an international illustration of yeah. God's supremacy. His power, his sovereignty, like pharaoh is the example. Like don't be like Pharaoh. Yeah. <laughs> so, um I was like we can see that in the Old Testament when we look into
0: 40 years later. Like these tribes are these groups that Israel's called to wipe out. Are heard of this Israel God. Yeah, Joshua 2:10. Yeah. That has destroyed these people. Yeah, and it's one of those that even in the in what we what you just said in Joshua, looking at Joshua himself, he's there during all of this, yep. and God has mercy on him because God could have said the same thing He said to Moses, "You will not enter this land," mm-hmm. but instead He said to Joshua, I, you and I believe one other will be the only ones of that generation to come into this land yeah. because you trusted me." Yep. And it's one of those looking back at the king example, they did something right by the king, so the king rewarded them with something, yeah, and is that an example of earning anything? No, because God was the one that inspired them in the first place, right. to say that we have God on our side. Why should we worry about these giants in this land
2: the um one that I read because it's it's hard to it's hard to see this clearly. In ver- well, it's hard for some to see this clearly, but Proverbs sixteen four, the Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Point or case in point, Pharaoh. Um, and does that make God unjust? Well, then going on to eighteen, he says, "So then, He has mercy, He being God, has mercy on whomever, again singular term, on whomever He wills, and He hardens God hardens whomever He wills." Um, so we see the positive and the negative uh, way that God's freedom, his sovereignty, impacts human beings. Um, and so we talked there about uh, that word "harden, um, because it's one that people, on both sides, whatever side of um, uh, interpretation you you land on harden is an important word. But before we did, we we again noted that both Moses and Pharaoh were sinners. Yeah. Neither one of them deserved God's mercy right they they deserved justice Moses murdered somebody right yeah. um so he wasn't any more righteous than pharaoh was apart from God's uh choice of Moses yeah. so anyways that word harden um it literally means to make something hard right harden make it make it hard um but it's often used figuratively to refer to making something stubborn or obstinate um and here, in context, it refers to God removing His restraining grace, right? Yeah. So, it, it, uh, Pharaoh, or God said to Pharaoh, essentially, like, He removed that barrier and allowed Pharaoh to go deeper and deeper and deeper into sin, to stubbornness, uh, insensitivity to God, His Word, and His work. Um, and that's what we see in Romans one eighteen through 32. God gave them up. God gave them up, and God gave them up over and over and over again, um, and... It's, it by w- it's a way of hardening, right? Like, this is what's on your heart and on your mind. Well, I'm going to give you up to that. I'm going to re- remove my restraining grace, and you're going to plunge right into it, because yeah. that's what happens when God removes his restraining grace. That's what happens when, um, apart from God's merciful intervention.
0: Yeah. It's like when people say that, like, God's a puppet master. Mm. It's like God could literally be a puppet master. Yeah. He has all authority and right too. But instead, he allows people to be into their own passions Yeah. Um, in that example. Uh, also, I was thinking about uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 1, uh, to, every there, ev- to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under the sun. Mm-hmm. It's like there, we, we can see from the man that's called the wisest of all human, uh, humans, there's a purpose and time for everything. So in that in that same vein, have we seen both the mercy and compassion and the justice that God has given? Because there is times for both, and God is the only one that chooses which mm-hmm. ones. Just like uh, Pharaoh was raised up for the purpose of in that time yeah. showing God's glory.
2: Yeah. And is God allowed to do that?
0: Yeah. yeah. He's the high Absolutely. king of heaven.
2: Absolutely. Right? When we... <clears throat> so something else that I said... Sunday is when our concept of God starts from top down with him and works down to us, I think we have a much easier time understanding him rightly through his word. But when our concept of God starts from ground up from man to God, I think then we have a really um, a really difficult time, and we start to we start to uh, impose things on Different passages of scripture, this being one of them, I think that we we start to demand uh that God be who we want him to be. Yeah. And I think that not just in this passage, not just in Exodus, but all throughout scripture, God makes it very clear that He is God and we are not. He He's mm-hmm. gonna do whatever He wants to do. Psalm um, I think it's 115 or 103.15, I forgot. Um Anyways, my point is he makes it very clear that, uh, that he's going to accomplish all that he wills, um, and his will is not dependent on how we feel about it.
0: Yeah. It's like we can also look at just the example in Exodus where God condemns and destroys Pharaoh's armies in the same way that he condemned and destroyed those 3,000 men. Mm-hmm. Both deserved justice, and God gave them justice. But at the same time, he gave mercy because he could have just destroyed Egypt in its entirety. Yeah. He could have sent another pillar of fire down and destroyed it. Yep. But instead he had mercy on all the people of Egypt and just destroyed Pharaoh and his
2: army. Okay. Um, anything else you
0: want to add to 17? Marcus is
1: trying to find the Psalms. Yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. Okay. I'll, I'll find it.
0: <laughs> okay. Um. So then uh to wrap up with the verse 18, therefore. And we need to be listening out for those there th- therefores. Mm-hmm. So
1: then. <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: therefore he whom has if my brain continues to go KJV, <laughs> pure pure KJV. Um therefore he has mercy on whom he wills and whom he wills he hardens.
1: Going back to that concept of mercy again. Yeah. I think it's interesting that mercy is brought up twice—once with compassion and now with hardening. Yeah, mercy is shown in, in many facets, and I think that's what um, Paul's highlighting here is that those facets are multiple.
2: One fifteen, Psalm one fifteen, verse three: Our God is in the heavens; He does all that He pleases.
1: Yeah, yeah. and honestly,
0: that psalm goes really well with verse eighteen.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah,
0: because God, as I continue to reiter- it reiterate purely because it's just once, like I struggled, like Anna said, I struggled as well with this concept of how can a loving God do this? It's because while he is a loving God, he is the high king of heaven. Yeah. And when I put God in his proper place in the order of all things, everything comes more into line. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because if we put God on our level, very different. When yep. we look at two people and judge between them, mm-hmm. we... Put ourselves on the same scale. God is so high above our scales that we need to realize that we need to look back at like the Tower of Babel. God came down to see the tower, mm-hmm. which is the tallest thing they had ever built. And we just need to realize in the scale, God has to come down to even be close, yeah. even anywhere near. But God, even in that, had mercy on us when he sent Jesus to become man, And to die on our behalf while being fully God and fully man. Right. The temptations of Jesus were so beyond man still because we don't have the powers to call down angel armies. He did. Yep. (laughs) He at any moment could have stepped off the cross and slaughtered Rome if he really wanted to. But instead he chose to die in a painful criminal's death Mm -hmm. to be in our substitution. Yep. Sorry, I got a bit passionate there. (laughs)
2: Look, go, go ahead and get passionate. It's something to be passionate about. Um, not just uh, the ultimate display of God's mercy in, in Christ, yeah. right? But putting God in the right place, yeah. not just in our lives, but in our uh, Bible study and our prayer, just remembering that, that He is the High King of Heaven. He's, he's not our butler. Or a Cosmic Sugar Daddy. I, I had to get it in there.
1: Which is my favorite thing <laughs> that you say.
2: You know, it, it's...
1: Because it makes so much sense. It, it,
2: it helps us understand, just like the, the pimp smack, you know, uh-huh. just the, the backhand. <laughs> um, it is so essential. And it, like, like I said, it's something to be passionate about. Um, yeah. Because if we don't, it messes up everything else
1: yeah something you said yesterday that um I think fits with that so well is like we should be humble at the table of christ of God because you brought nothing to the table yeah. and yet received everything. Yeah. I think that's a concept that most people will understand because you always have that one friend who brings nothing to the party <laughs> <laughs> but then gets to partake in right. the in the party right um I know that's a it's a very Stupid example, but but and literally, God gives us you know eternity, and there's no comparison for that. But in our minds, we need you know concepts to try and yeah. <laughs> equate and yeah. what that means. But but it, we're not entitled to that, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we we think that we are entitled to mercy, yes. we are entitled. To that, and it goes back to the concept we talked about earlier, which is no, we are entitled to justice. Yeah, we're entitled to death. <laughs> we're we're that, entitled to damnation. That's exactly. why we
2: get bored with the gospel. That's why we get bored with God's grace. And okay. and no, but no Christian would be like, no, the gospel's boring. Oh well, no, I'm <laughs> bored of God's grace. But when we sing songs of grace, when we sing songs that remind us of the gospel, we're like, yeah, whatever. I've heard this. I've sung it a million times. Yeah, whatever. like, but. When we when we remind ourselves of that truth that like we didn't do anything we didn't bring I mean apart from our sin and guilt mm-hmm. we brought nothing yeah. you're you're the you're actually worse than the person that brings nothing you you brought like this the thing that no one's gonna eat because it's expired and spoiled yeah
1: just to get it out of your fridge yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly
2: <laughs> it's like
0: Paul uh, tells us that our best works are garbage yes. The literal translation of that is like filthy rags, well yes, it's uh, minstrel cloths yes, so yes. that's the literal translation yep, of what it. we're bringing, yes,
2: <laughs> no one wants to eat those
0: again, love how like specific these words, being. yeah
1: exactly, <laughs> and it's like you know in the Old Testament, when they would um sacrifice their their best lamb, their purest lamb and and it would never be perfect because the ultimate lamb had to be sacrificed yep. which we talk yep. about in the new testament when when Jesus died like one man's actions and i i've been thinking about this concept the whole time we've been sitting here is like when it talks about i think it's paul that talks about like adam adam's one choice adam's one sin brought upon you know what matthew said damnation to mm-hmm. everything yep. and everyone yeah romans 5 yeah and 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 but then in, in turn, it's like one man's sacrifice yep. being being Jesus, then covered all of that. Yep. And I think that's really hard for us because it's like us in, in America with our democratic society, it's like, why is it just one person's choice? Like, yeah. it's not one person's choice. It's like, no, we need everybody's choice. Yeah. It's like, no, one thing had to happen in order for one thing to happen. Yeah, <laughs> And it... and. But it's like, oh, but what about all these little things in between? Well, yes, they happen too. But the ultimate thing that covered that was Christ dying. Yeah. Um, and that should not breed entitlement in us. That should, that should breed this humble attitude that mm-hmm. we have before the Father and before each other, um, and having compassion and having um, love for one another.
0: Uh, two C.S. Lewis quotes real quick.
1: hmm
2: um,
0: First is from uh, C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, mm-hmm. specifically talking about Prince Caspian. Prince Caspian, towards the end of the book, uh, actually in the last chapter of the book, says that I wish I would have come from a higher lineage. And Aslan's response is, "You come from the Lord Adam and the Lady Eve, which is which that lineage is to raise you to the highest pinnacle and also make you the lowliest beggar." Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that same way, that God had. Adam had a choice in the garden. Adam could have rejected Eve and then seen what happened, but instead he chose to follow with his companion mm-hmm. and we got the journey. We did. Second is from Paralandria. Um, uh, the second book in C.S. Lewis's space trilogy. The, um, Paralandria is invaded by a man that is following his, com- his passions and has been taken over by the devil. And then you have ransom who is God's divine in, uh, In intermediary in in this moment. And the king is seeing all the temptation that the the queen of this place is being put through. And God is basically telling the king, if she fails, you have the option of Adam. You can either follow her into what this adventure is, or you can reject her, and you will be the sole king. And so, in everything, we do have a choice. Mm -hmm. But God has mercy on us. He will, he has mercy on whom he has, whom he wills, and he has hardened whom he wills. Mm -hmm. So.
1: And then your choice is, is, is are you going to then accept what God has given you and go and do, or are you going to sit and watch everybody else? um, And just accept that like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to watch y'all do it. No, we need to go out and we need to do the things that, we are called to do; otherwise, we're ignoring the mission that God has given us.
2: Yep, or
0: as the Gen Z translation put it, "Let him cook." <laughs>
1: let him cook. Oh
0: my gosh,
1: the Gen Z Bible. Have you seen that? I've
2: I've heard it. Ooh,
1: <laughs> it let reminds me cook. of
0: the gangster translation. <laughs> they, they, the the right. Um, well, I don't remember the title of it, but it was like the one from when we were kids.
1: Yeah. It, it, It all stems from the message. Those terrible people don't care. Well, it's supposed to be a commentary. Yeah, right. Not a Bible, right?
2: (laughs) Not using it for its intended purpose.
0: Yep. Okay. Exactly. Anything else? uh, Anyone wants to add?
2: No, I I think humility is. um, It should it should generate in us a a humility before God. Um, It it should remind us of His grace and His mercy continually, Um, and in that, it, it should remind us that. That we didn't seek a Savior. The Savior sought us. Mm-hmm. Um, so praise God for that.
1: Yep. He sought us and he bought us. Hey, His redeeming
2: blood. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> well, I've thought
0: of three or four songs while we've been talking. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, those hymns, man. And yeah. it's one of those that, like, with hymns and with modern songs, listen to the lyrics and truly, you may have heard the song a thousand times, but listen to the lyrics and see how much passion is truly in that. hmm Like, um, indescribable, unexplainable, like truly think about how great God is. If those are the terms that are the only way to describe it, (laughs) it's like these words that mean something that we can't possibly think of. Mm -hmm. Okay. Listener, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can join us every Wednesday at 6 PM, uh, for Wednesday night
1: service, and we will catch you next week.